Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. We're back for round seven. Uh, Josh, mate, a decent week for, for myself. How did you go? Yeah, it was, look, it was an all right week for, for Josh and uh, and the team team there. It dropped a little bit, so sitting around the 1500 at the moment. Obviously had Heinz in there on the pine this week, which, uh, you know, not ideal, um, but... And then, you know, a few few lower scores in there, Campiera, Alamotti. So it could have been better, definitely, but still hanging in there in the top, yeah, 1,500 or so, so within striking distance. Yeah, I think that uh, that kind of helps, or help both of us stay kind of up because there's a lot of players that people would have been playing just because the Sharks had the buy. You know, guys like, you know, Turbo, Nicarima, Warbrick, Pereira, they all kind of, what sub 20 scores so bit uh bit frustrating if you had all of those kind of guys but um good if you're good if you didn't and you're trying to stick around and gain some ranks so yeah not too bad of a week i think i stayed a pretty stagnant i'm sitting around the 8k mark so i'm still a bit still a bit out but um think of bringing heinz in this week so hopefully that turns around my luck a little bit yeah it's a pretty good call i think a pretty popular trade as well he's still you know, for a guy like Nico Hines, he's still pretty under-owned, uh, even at the top. And that's going to be interesting to see what a couple of these people do at the top with. I think a lot of people are running a Sean Johnson-Cleary combination at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think a cleary Hines could, yeah, definitely kind of make some inroads on some of those guys at the top if they, they stick with that combination. Yeah, just lock in your halves nice and early. Don't need to worry about it for the rest of the season. Exactly. Righto, let's move into the team list now. We're just going to go through the notable inclusions, uh, not go into too much detail on everyone. Um, but for the first game, the Dolphins, Rabbitohs, uh, Arrows back in the front row, replacing uh, Tavita Totola, who re-aggravated that knee injury. Um, not sure if you watched the game, but pretty much off his first run, he went down and... Uh, yeah, was... that was rough to see. Yeah. He, he did kind of play through it a little bit, but yeah, definitely didn't look 100%, did he? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, what about Arrow? What are your thoughts on Jai Arrow coming back into this team? What do his prospects look like? Good for the Bunnies. Um, I guess I haven't even really had a look at him. What's his... He's priced 640, so he's a little bit awkward price. Probably not one I'm looking at. He still has a decently high break even of 67, so I think you can give him a week. If he, um, if he drops again a little bit and kind of hits that sub 600k then he kind of becomes interesting i think but another kind of awkward guy because he probably plays origin so um you'll have to you bring him in you're probably going to hold him for that period so um i think that in the back of your mind's probably not one i'm looking into unless he like really drops and you can make some kind of bounce back money off him yeah, yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think in the front row, he's probably only going to have limited minutes anyway, so he's probably not someone that um, you want to be jumping on now, especially with Orange. Well, they hate playing David Mowali for more than like 20 minutes, so uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe he gets some minutes there, but it's, uh, yeah, who knows with him. It's interesting that he's going back to the front row after he's been kind of second row exclusively, hasn't yeah. he, the last like season or so, but... Um, Obviously, started in the front row. We know he can play there as well. So, good to see see the motor out. Guy, our attacking machine back. <laughs> I assume he's just in there to fill in the gap that Totola has left. I don't think that's going to be his position going forward. I assume that he probably takes Host's position long term once they have a full 
strong, well, full strength team, this Rabbitohs team. But I don't think they've played their top 17 yet, <laughs> to be honest. I think they've just been running with way too many forward injuries. So um, hopefully they can get everyone back post-Origin and hit their straps towards the back end of the season, the Rabbitohs, even though they looked very good on the weekend as well. Looked incredible on the weekend, yeah. Um, yeah. Some of these guys like Latrell playing up and... Yeah, Alamotti playing on the wing was not uh, was not the play from the Dons, unfortunately. <laughs> Campbell Graham and uh, Latrell took him to the cleaners down that left their left edge. They sure did. Yeah, it was a little bit of a tough watch for moments there, especially it was back into that first half where they just like put on what five tries in like ten minutes or something like that. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, uh, not great for the dogs, that's for sure. Uh, right, I'm moving on to the Sharks and Brewster's game. A couple more notable inclusions here. McInnes is in for Dal Finucane, who's suspended for the next three weeks. And Teddy got named at fullback only after a week out. We thought that was going to be a little bit longer. Um, so what are your thoughts on McInnes for a couple of weeks? Yeah, the only problem is, yeah, it's that a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So I don't think he's a, he's a buyer, even though he's, Obviously, dropped a lot of cash. He's um, yeah, dropped over 150k. So there's definitely some value with him. It'll be interesting to see how many minutes they give him. Uh, their bench makeup is kind of interesting uh, to me as well. That Sharks here, they have got four forwards. It looks like, but you'd assume Cam McGinnis probably gets around that 60 minute mark. Which, as a draft owner of him, I'm very happy with. He can finally start giving me some, uh, you know. 50s hopefully but yeah I think it's just to answer once Manukin comes back which I think is you know only a couple of weeks away as well so yeah probably not one I'm really looking at yeah, that's the problem with him. Like, he's going to get good scores over the next three weeks while Fanuka's out. Fanuka's out, but I don't think he's going to get anything crazy in terms of cash generation. Like, with a break even of 58 coming into this round, um, he's not really going to make you a ton of cash over the next three rounds. So. Yeah, probably one to just avoid at this stage. Unless Fanukin was out for a longer period of time, you can't really trust you're going to get enough out of Cam McInnes to bring him in and yeah, sell him again in a couple of weeks' time. And what about Teddy? What are your what are your thoughts around Teddy? Because obviously he's got a huge break even this week, break even of seventy, and coming into Origin, but he's looking pretty much prime for the buy um, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, what are your thoughts around him? Yeah, I think he can still give him a week. I'm a little bit nervous. He still doesn't play this game um honestly so that's kind of my hesitations on him but yeah tell you what i'm definitely having a look at it especially considering that i probably have to play one of Cam Pereira and warbrick this week <laughs> much nicer if i was playing teddy i'll tell you that much but uh yeah i think you can wait a week on him and yeah there is that kind of risk i think as well that he's uh late now for them yep he hasn't really been sub 600k in like five years, so I think we're going to get him uh, get him on the cheap this year, which is really nice. Unfortunately, you're probably going to have to pick him up if you want to get him for sub 600k. You're going to have to pick him up before Origin, which hurts a little bit because he's going to have to go into into Origin. I know there's like rumors that Dylan Edwards, in terms of form, might pip him, but there's no way they're leaving out Tedesco. So, oh, absolutely um, no way that happens. Yeah, he's he's going to definitely be especially not for Dylan Edwards. Maybe like. Dylan Edwards must be like the fourth in line, I feel like, for that role. After like Teddy and Latrell, even like Nico Hines. Turbo. 
Yeah, Pappenhausen's Pappenhausen. there. Like, obviously, they're out injured at the Pappenhausen's out injured, but he would probably be the next one in, you'd think, based on form normally. Yeah, unlucky Dylan Edwards, although he had a huge score on the weekend as well, so you never know. Yeah, see what happens in a month's time. Uh, moving on to Manly and Storm. Munster has been named at fullback, which means his scores are going to skyrocket over the next couple of weeks. Uh, what are your thoughts around him? Because obviously Jonah Pezzett comes into the halves because Pappenhausen's still going to be out for well, another six to seven weeks at least at this point. Um, obviously Nick Meany's only out at the moment from his, I think it was a HIA. So I, I don't know how long they're going to keep this like it is, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on Munster for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think it was delayed concussion symptoms they were saying for Nick Meany, so hopefully he's all right. Yeah, I think it's just a little bit uncertain how long he plays at fullback. I think either way, even if he moved back into the halves, you'd be pretty happy with Cam Munster. He's, I think, just a little bit out of reach for me. He's around 830K. I think I'd be prioritizing guys and like clearing Hines instead of him. Or even if you wanted to go like a Mitch Moses or a Burton, like someone with a bit more value potentially, uh, and who's well, a guy like Moses who's going to cover you a little bit over the buys as well. So yeah, I'm probably looking elsewhere. But if you have him right now, you're fearing because yeah, he's going to have a good week, especially this week. And then well, he's been in pretty good form anyway. So happy days. Yeah, absolutely. And moving on to the Warriors and Cowboys game, uh, Freddie Lussick comes in at hooker for Egan, who's out with a, his second um, head knock of the year. I don't know how long they're going to hold Egan out for. Most likely it's just going to be the week, but it's it's one of those ones getting similar to like Ponga um, and yeah, who else gets those those head knocks? Like Teddy kind of gets him a lot. Like, Egan might become one of those players that does have those persistent concussions that might hold him out for a longer period. Uh, what are your thoughts on Lusick? Yeah, I agree with that. It's unfortunate because he's been on fire and he's obviously brings a lot to this Warriors team. Lusick, yeah, he's kind of interesting. Around the 350K, if he gets an extended run in this team, it's just, yeah, it's risky. Uh, concussions, you don't know how long someone like Egan could be out for. I think it's a pretty interesting kind of plug-and-play option in drafts, but probably not one I'm looking at in classic until there was, you know, if there was some news that Egan's out for, you know, the next month or so, then I think it becomes interesting. But until we have kind of some definite news, I think it's just too risky. He could be out of the team next week. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. There's a there's a couple of other changes in this game, actually, as well. So Dylan Walker's been moved to 5'8 for Tamari Martin, who's out with a fractured fibula. Um, so he's going to be gone for six to eight weeks at this point. And also Jeremiah Nana is back in uh, the Cowboys team from suspension. Uh, Dylan Walker's prospects in the halves. What do you reckon is going on there? Because they've obviously got uh, Volkman in the reserves, who could be also another another play at 5'8". And I think Luke Metcalf, he's still on the pine um, from his hamstring injury. So he's probably not going to be back within the next couple of weeks either. So how long do you think uh, Dylan Walker would be in that kind of spot for? Yeah, I think it's just temporary. Uh, I guess I'm surprised I didn't go with Volkman because he's pretty handy and has, I think, proven himself in these kind of limited opportunities. I think Metcalf, yeah, is still a while away. I read something about from uh, NRL Physio that he's gone and done the, the US trip like uh, Latrell and... Turbo to do the 
the hammy stuff. So you assume he's, yeah, probably at least another three or four weeks away. Uh, Dill Walker, kind of interesting. I think he he used to be really good in the halves like back in the day, but I think now he scores better during the middle. So probably isn't one that I'm really looking at. Um, didn't have that great of score on the weekend when he played there. Though um, he did play there for a little bit over the weekend, right? If I'm remembering correctly. So I would be, yeah, probably avoiding him. Yeah, it's a bit too expensive, I think. If it was closer to 300K, I might take a, take a punt on him. But yeah, at 500, just under 500K, he's a bit too far gone, unfortunately. And Jeremiah Nanai, what are your thoughts about him? Obviously, he's your, your favorite uh, back rower in the game. Um, yeah, legend. Very consistent. Good bloke. Um, loves a meat pie. Probably like the kind of the grace or like the, the one thing that's making these Cowboys games uh, tolerable. So it's been a hard watch the last couple of weeks because generally they're no Jeremiah as well. But uh, yeah, he's a little bit risky, obviously. But the Cowboys are so kind of like they need some attack. You think they're going to be targeting him a lot. He's Line running, I think, has been really good this season. He's obviously got the that high kick ability as well. Risky play, but could come off. Yeah, I think you probably want to see another week out of him before you go near him. The problem is he's still close to 600K anyway, so um, you're just hoping that he has a couple down weeks so you can jump on him in a week or two's time. Yeah, and he's probably like Arrow in a sense. like He's going to play Origin at some point this year. You'd assume yeah. so. Um, yeah, like do you hold him? Do you just bring him in for whatever? But his scores, bar the first week, have been pretty solid. He's got a fifty-six uh, in round four with a sin bin, which is pretty impressive. But obviously, he's got some some meat pies in there and some attacking stats as well, which you can't always rely on. Yeah, definitely. If you have him already, he's just one to hold and and see out. But if you don't have him yet, one to keep an eye on and see how his um how his scores and his price go in the next month or two. And moving on to the Knights versus Panthers. Uh, Big news, obviously, with Jaden Braley out from his ACL injury. We see Phoenix Crossland come in at hooker, but there is also Kurt Mann on the bench, so not sure how that rotation is going to pan out. Uh, Thoughts on Crossland? I see him as probably a better draft option than I do classic at the moment. Um, But, yeah, what are your thoughts? I agree with that, mate. Yeah, I think... He had a pretty good game on the weekend, to be fair to him. Um, so, yeah, 45, looks solid, I thought. Uh, they should get, like, a, a few price rises, but, yeah, it's a little bit uncertain how much he plays in the middle there at Hooker. He did play there in round three, for memory, uh, played a lot of minutes and made 50 tackles uh, in Hooker. So he can rack up those uh, solid stats, similar to, like, a Jaden Braley, I guess, in that sense. But yeah, there is Kurt Mann on the bench as well, which you'd assume would spell him for, for part of this game. Yeah, that's the really the big issue with picking him up in Classic is you just don't know what his minutes are going to turn out like. Like he's not going to get 80 minutes there, I don't think, this year. So it sucks that they got rid of Randall because it would have been good to see him come in and be an obvious, you know, just pick up option. Um, but at 368k, he still stands to make a bit of cash, even if he only averages around the 40 mark. Like, he'll probably make another 100k in cash if he averages 40. So, uh, I still think he's a, a decent option to go if you're looking for a cash down option. The problem is he's still, he's not cheap, cheap. Like, 368k still means you've got to find some cash somewhere to bring him in um, 
at the moment because he's not your basement 220, 250K player. Exactly, yeah. Awesome. Moving on to the Titans and Broncos game. Foran is back in the team at 5'8 with Sexton after having a very good game uh, being out with a fractured wrist. So pretty unfortunate for for Sexton there. Um, but it means Boyd's going to get all the kicking back, um, which is good. Does, do you still have Boyd in your team? And what are your thoughts on on his prospects for the next couple of weeks? Uh, he was a very, uh, very easy sell for me, mate. Can't stand him. I can't believe you <laughs> let me talk talk me into him uh, during the preseason. But to be fair, he, he hasn't been going too bad. I don't think he's going to be yet sell by any stretch. The Titans, for memory, did not play the round 13 by, so... I think you probably want to get rid of him before then to just get an extra oh, no, number they, on the field. They do have wait. They do have the buy in round thirteen. Sorry, they do Is have the right? yeah. They yeah. do have the buy. They don't play it. Um, so you probably want to get rid of him. I think before thirteen anyway, just to get an extra number in. But yeah, he's like he's doing fine. I just think there's better options, and he's probably not a long term keeper for you. Yeah, I think I I still rate him there just because he gets so many kick meters. Obviously, last <laughs> week he didn't have that many because of um, Sexton, but still managed to to get out of forty. So, I mean, look, I I think he's fine to hold. He's still in fifteen percent of teams. Like he's fine to keep there. But you're right. Like when he gets close to the buy rounds, he's probably going to be peaked in cash, and he might be an offload then. But I mean, if you don't have him already, you don't need to worry about him. But if you have him, you're probably just holding him as one of your interchange plays because he does get you know, around 35 to 40 most weeks anyway. So he's a decent scorer, just nothing nothing crazy good at the moment. But he's on the up, definitely in, in cash generation. He's got a break-even of 26, so he's slowly moving up, slowly ticking along, which is nice. Yeah, the cash car of Tanner Boyd made 27K so far. Um, <laughs> exactly. He's on the up. Get around on him. The up. Bloody hell. <laughs> Finally on the up anyway. Uh, okay, moving on to the... Well, we won't talk about the Raiders and Dragons. There's nothing really too fantasy relevant there. But the last game of the round sees the Eels take on the Dogs. Uh, obviously, the Eels are the same as last week. But for the Dogs, we see a lot of uh, inclusions for their team. So RFM comes back into the lock position. And TPJ comes into the team starting in the front row with Ryan Sutton moved back to the bench. Uh, a couple of big boys named again for the Dogs. What do, you, what do you see in terms of minutes and scores here? Yeah, probably just... It's hard to say with uh, TVJ coming into this team how many minutes he'll play. Ryan Sutton, uh, I think if you've got him anywhere, he's probably a sell now that he's on the bench. He's been pretty average anyway, so doubt many people have hung on to him. And I think it just means good things for Preston. He's kept this spot. He, I was curious if he like has a judiciary or anything like that that he has this week um, after that hip drop, but I haven't seen anything around it, so he he keeps his spot and hasn't got any drums this week. Yeah, he got cleared of that, so um, oh, after great. the game, yeah, no no issues. It was actually a bit of a talking point, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think anything else too noteworthy there. Yeah, it's just like a lot of mouths to feed in this, in this forward pack, so it makes me a little bit hesitant. I wouldn't be bringing any of them in until... Uh, you see, but I don't think even if I had like a Max King or someone like that, I don't think they're immediate sells. I'd probably just wait and see what happens with this rotation now that they've got. Yeah, I think it's just one to to wait and watch and see how they go. I I still think like Max King's probably the best player. Not many people have him, but he's probably the best forward in this team. Um, so I would be just holding on to these players, see how they go in one more week, and then maybe jump on them. 
we're not going to jump back on the um, Tavita Pangai bandwagon this year? <laughs> I don't usually. I think it's pretty rare for me to jump on the TPJ bandwagon, but I feel like he's won maybe in the last like few rounds when you got to, you know, really get a miracle. You're just waiting for that TPJ potential 80 score that could come out. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's too early to start getting that pod. Uh, that pod crazy, I guess, with TPJ. Yeah, I think that's fair. A break even of 44 means he's probably going to do okay this week, depending on his minutes. But yeah, I don't see him being in a go-to option in the next week or two, that's for sure. Agree, yeah. Uh, righto, that covers all the team lists or the talking points mainly from those teams. Uh, looking at draft options this week, what um, what do you have in terms of players that you're going to target? I know we've already talked about a couple, but who are you looking to target this week? Yeah, so I've decided to split it up a little bit differently this time around. So um, the first categories, I've, I've labeled them the get nows. Um, guys, it could be just hanging on your RFAs that, could easily come into your team and, and do a job. So one that I was surprised to kind of see in a couple of leagues was Alex Johnston. He's uh, definitely a pickup if you are needy in the wing of fullbacks. We know he can kind of pump out a, a 60 with a couple of tries, the most kind of prolific try scorer in the league. And, you know, with Bunny's kind of hidden form, you'd assume he, uh, you know, bats a couple in the next couple of weeks and continues his, his good form. I also like Foda Waker from the Titans. He's been pretty good of late. Again, solid minutes, solid scores. Matt Lodge comes into the, the Roosters team. He's off the bench, so probably isn't one to start with. I guess he's maybe more of a dash at the moment. But I like him. And then RFM as well coming in and starting at lock. Still like him for a draft. and think you could potentially plug him in this week. Uh, what do you think about those four options, mate? Yeah, they're, they're all good options. I had Lodge as my my main attraction this week because I think he'll probably break into that starting team and they'll use uh, Warrior Hargreaves as more of a, an impact player off the bench. So I think most likely Lodge doesn't get the minutes, you know, starting um, this week. So he'll, he'll be slowly eased back into the team. But yeah, we'll see him get back to scoring, you know, 40s, 50s plus most likely. Once he gets back into form and once he gets back into this team, I could I could definitely see him being a, a big scorer for the team. So one to stash for sure. I like that. I also had the the options of like Crossland and Lussick, but we kind of touched on them already. They're they're good options for the time being. Crossland could be a, a longer term prospect, but it just depends on what the minutes are and how they rotate that hook position at the Knights, I think. Yeah, they're both in my next category, the plug and play. So I've got Crossland and Lussick there. I've also got Sorensen there from the Panthers. He's kept his 2RF spot there. And um, there's obviously uh, Garner and Liam Martin on the extended bench there, so he could lose a bit. Of, he's starting again in the uh, on the edge. Pretty easy plug and play. Um, and then Pezzett as well from the Storm. I think you can easily plug him in this week and he'll do a job for you. Yeah, Pezzett's an interesting one because obviously classic, he's not going to be the best buy option, but if you've held on to him, he's okay. And then, yeah, for draft, he's one of those ones that he's an okay half, but he's nothing crazy, right? Like he'll get you a good score every now and then. Yeah, do a job for you. Um, I think probably a few people in my boat with the um, losing Jaden Braley and Adam Dewey in the one team. 
this week, which is rough for my head Champions League team, but yeah, trying to find some more depth in that position. Also, people got, uh, you know, like uh, Wade Egan we've talked about. So the halves and the hooking positions, I think they're going to be kind of sparse this week. I've even got, um, I am I picking up like a Luke Keery? He's sometimes available on waivers, especially if you really need him in the position. And then I've got some last category. I've just got some stashes. So um, one that I want to highlight, Xavier Savage. He's back in reserve grade this week. Could potentially be in the Raiders team next week at fullback. So quite like him as an option. Helam Lukey as well. He's um, not too far away, you'd imagine, from his hamstring. Tony Luke from the uh, from the Panthers had a good good game on the weekend. Looks to be kind of rotating through the middle as well, not just playing hooker. So getting some more minutes, and um, if he can stay around those forties, people who are definitely lacking in those kind of hooking positions, he could be a very handy pickup. Got Curran, my boy, uh, made fifty tackles on the weekend, which is pretty nice. Still not in this starting team, but. I think he's a pretty solid stash. He could come back into it. We know he's a weapon. Charlie Staines has a bye this week. Had a good score on the weekends. If you really need in that position, I don't mind that. Saab as well from the Eagles, I think, is an interesting one. I don't think he's a play this week with... I think I play the Storm this week, so I doubt he kind of gets a good solid score unless he kind of bags a try or two. But we've seen in the past few seasons where he's got these kind of big, explosive, you know, 50, 60 plus games. When Manly play the kind of weaker teams, I think he could have a few really nice scores. And then the last one is Amone from the, the Dragons. We saw last year where he had a few good scores in a row and kind of playing like a Dylan Walker ish style of a role and getting a lot of, you know, runs and tackle breaks and things like that. Could see it come again, and I think if you're really needing in the past positions like I am, could be an option. Any uh, any thoughts on those ones, mate? Sorry, I'm just bloody bit an essay at you and rambling on. Yeah, but... <laughs> I was going to say, plenty of options there. That's well, uh, yeah. plenty to choose take a, from. Take a breath, take a breath. Yeah. Um, but they're just kind of some I was just going through the waivers and, and, and jotting them down, so... Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think Saab was um was the one that I kind of had my eye on as a potential player to pick up. I think he got close to 600k. Um, I'm not sure if it was last year or the year before with Manly when Turbo was in in peak perform uh, performance. Um, he kind of basically swung to his wing most of the time, and Saab was the one finishing it off. So he he does have the the chance to you know accelerate in terms of cash generation. Saab. So I was hoping that he drops closer to under 300k closer to 250 because he does have games where he's absolutely atrocious like he only scored a try on the weekend and that saved him from being a sub sub 10 score so um he's one that i'm going to keep an eye on in terms of trying to make a bit of cash towards the middle of the season hopefully manly hit a bit of form and he he skyrockets in price and scores a few tries as well in the in the process so yeah, one to one to keep an eye on. I'm I'm think he's a bit too risky to play in draft because you don't know whether he's going to score a 50-60 or score a ten. So it's a bit a bit hard to put Saab in um, most weeks, especially if you've got other more consistent options. But like you said, against some of the weaker teams, he's generally the one the benefactor that sees 
um, those tries and sees those uh, increased uh, scores from it. Yeah, for sure. Also, shout out to your man, uh, Hayes Dunce, what, minus two for his, uh, his return to first grade, which was uh, good yeah. to see. What do you we did have on... a few questions on him actually last okay. week, and I was very, very quick to say, <laughs> no, don't pick him up as a cash cow because these kind of games do exist for him. So it's a bit hard to, to go near him at the moment. Yeah, I agree with that. Righto, let's move on to buy, hold, sells. Uh, who do you have in your buy category this week? Look, I don't know if there's anyone who's really standing out to me at the moment. Uh, at the moment, I haven't got anyone locked in for a trade. There's a few guys that are kind of interesting to me for kind of a downgrade GP option, like um, Countryman had a good score on the weekend. But I don't know, mate. Apart from that, there's no one that's like super you know, standing out to me as far as like a break-even perspective that you kind of need to bring in this week. I think obviously if you've got the chance to try and bring in Nico Hines, if you can flip your team around that way, I would do it for sure. But yeah, nothing super standing out to me. What about yourself? I I tend to agree. I don't have any like clear must-buy players this week outside of your your guns, really. Like your your Madisons, your Cleary, your Heinzes, like those kind of players. I don't have any like cheap mid-range ones that I am like certain will score well. I really thought Nick Arima was going to be a decent scorer last week, but obviously he got sinned on the weekend, so his score didn't reflect uh, any sort of money-making ability from him. So he's just going to sit on my emergencies for a bit. Um, but yeah, there's no real... Yeah, a little bit must- unlucky with the sin bin, so... Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, he's still a whole while he's going to be at 5'8", but... Yeah, obviously not going to make a ton of cash, um, Nicarima. But yeah, in terms of buys this week, I think I have Crossland. But even then, he's a bit of a risk. Like, I don't think he's a must-buy this week. He's probably one to see how he plays, and then he'll be a buy next week if he does well, I think, at this stage. But um, if you if you take him on early and he does perform, then well done. But yeah, he's a bit of a risk to go straight away, I think. I agree with that. What are your thoughts on, um, on Jack Bird? People are kind of interested in him, I think. He uh, had a good score on the weekend. I only played 60 minutes. Any uh, any love for him, mate? Oh, now you're bringing up Jack Bird after you, you turned me down last week about him. I <laughs> thought he was a buy last week, and you were like, oh, I don't know. He's a bit risky, uh, you know, sitting on the fence. Um, yeah, I thought Jack oh, Bird I still was a don't buy. Think he's, I still don't think he's a buy. I'm still scared of him. but uh... <laughs> Still not sure where JDB is going to pan out in this squad, which is fair, but I think Bird's been a buy. Um, for the last couple of weeks, uh, to be honest, if if you can get him in, he's good, but he's just so expensive. And I think I'm just going to run with some cheap centers until um, until I can build a bit of cash and pick up players in other areas, just because it's hard to, like, you want consistent scores from your centers, like players that are playing in the second row or the middle, like Bird, like Lemuelu, those kind of guys. Um, but yeah, if you can't afford them, you've just kind of got to wait it out and pick up players that are more consistent in your mids, your hookers, your halves, those kind of players. Um, before you start worrying about your centers. Yeah, I agree with that, mate, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you can shore them up early and get like a, you know, your Holmeses, your Birds, Manus, Lemuelus, those kind of guys, yeah, that's fine to do early, but I wouldn't um, wouldn't rush to to sort out that position now. Uh, what about your holds this week? Uh, holds this week, I think I'm still going to hold Hopgood. Uh, I know we got a 39 the weekend. He's got a bigger break even this week, which I'm uncertain if he's going to hit it. 
I still don't think he's going to go like down massively, even if he kind of gets another 39-ish. I didn't think he looked too bad. He got an offload in there. Um, obviously, he isn't playing as many minutes, but I don't know. I I still don't mind him as a hold at the moment. Maybe my change, my people, my um, my thoughts will change on him if he has another kind of sub forty next week. But I think at the moment I'm happy to hold him, and just I'm really hoping he kind of stays good enough that I can hold him through this buy period because I think he's going to be really valuable, especially if. You know, Junior Paulo goes back to origin. Uh, Madison potentially is an origin candidate as well. And you could see him, I think, getting increased minutes through that time like he did. Campbell Gillard as well. So that's kind of in the back of my mind with Hopgood. He's probably my hold at this point. What's uh, your thoughts on him, mate? I think Hopgood is a big old sell this week, but a sell to Ryan Madison is probably the better option for Hopgood. Like if you can go Hopgood to Maddo in in one, because they're about 70K apart, I think that's the best trade. Uh, I think it's it's mainly you want to keep that Eels player so that you have someone for the round 13 buy. And because Parramatta play round 13, I think going Hopgood to Maddo is the obvious decision to make. Uh, just because he's going to lose a ton. If he only scores another 30 or a 40 next week, he's going to lose another 20 or 30K pretty comfortably. So he's going to be sub 700K, and you really don't want to be losing that much catch just after he's generated so much. So I think jumping off Hopgood and going to an out-and-out gun like Matto and a bit of a pod at that as well um, would be the obvious choice for him. But I think he's in the sell category this week for sure. For sure. Wow, that's yeah, some conviction sure. there, mate. I yeah. It's all about making cash, and I think he, in terms of making cash, he's he's done for the season. I think unless he somehow Madison goes down, or you know, you know, if any injuries happen in this Parramatta Parramatta forward pack, he gets the minutes back. But I just think it's too risky to to be holding him in terms of a cash generation um, perspective. I just think you probably want him for this thirteen buy. Like, there's not that many teams. There's not many guys who I can kind of think of that are going to be scoring that 60-plus, and I think he could be one of the options. So I can see scenario where, you know, Paulo, Madison, Campbell, Gillard are all in the origin team, or at least in that squad, and he's got that lock roll back and could get you that 80 that he did at the start of the year. So that's my devil's advocate to that. Comment. It's just one uh, week though. That's the thing. It's only one round. That's that's all you're holding him for. And if that means over the next well, we're only in round seven. So that means over the next six rounds you're willing to hold him and watch him lose probably close to, you know, two hundred K just to have him for one round. Can you lose two hundred K? Yeah, I think he'll go down to close to, you know, your mid five hundred off oh, low five hundreds if he's only scoring forties off the bench. That's probably what he's going to be around. He needs to get a couple of 50s to, to hold his price a bit steady. Otherwise, he's dropping as low as 500, 550K. Hmm. Maybe I have to go back to the... Uh, see, this is good. Helping me my, make my trades this week. But <laughs> I feel like I want to give him one more week, which I'm surprised you're so often. You're the hop god. Oh, absolutely. Out of the two of us. So I guess that's an interesting perspective. If it's just too long. Maybe I, I, I can't. 
it's it's just way too long. Like round seven now, and you know, rating it waiting until round thirteen after he's made so much cash. I just I'd rather get some proven guns into my team now than have to hold him and his bad scores over the next you know six rounds. Like, so let's let's have a let's do some maths real quick. So in terms of obviously his scores, say he averages you know forty. 42, if we're optimistic, 42 over the next couple of rounds. That means his price will hopefully steady out at around 600K, but anything sub 40, it's going to drop closer to your, your mid 500s and lower. So yeah, he's still going to lose at least 100K over the next six weeks. Should we have a um, over-under bet? What do we think he scores, he scores this week? Uh, this week? Against the Bulldogs. I think he goes... Uh, where do you want your line to be? Forty-five. I ah yeah. uh, no, the line's forty. I think the line's forty or forty point five. How about that? I think I think over this week. Oh, well, I think he's going to go over as well. I'm trying to. You are obviously off him. So, what's the lowest you'll uh, you think he scores? Oh, I need he needs to score fifties for me to be able to hold him for the next six weeks for sure, at least. I'm going to back him in this week. I think he goes forty-five plus. Fair enough, fair enough. I think he's going to be closer to 42-43 this week, but um, yeah, I guess we'll see how that pans out. <laughs> Righto, let's keep going. Uh, in terms of cells, obviously you don't think Hopgood is a sell, uh, but who is on your sell list for this week? Um, the obviously obvious ones are guys who are long-term injuries, so Braley and um, Dewey have to go. Tamari Martin. In there as Mario well. Mario Martin as well, yep. Uh, what about Warbrick? Yeah. The, it's a tricky one because break even at 25, he's probably maxed out, um, you would think. As far as like, he could have another kind of one or two big games. But I think this is kind of about spot where he, where he peaks. So I don't mind people selling him at this point. I just don't really know who you sell him to. Uh, <laughs> you probably want someone else in the winger fullback, I guess. Sean Russell from the Eels is like a little bit interesting to me. He's had some big scores over the last few years, playing at centre. Hopefully, gets him a bit more base. Should get Jewel at some point. But he looks uh, good on the weekend as well. Sean yeah, Russell. made that nice line break, which is good to see. And Wonga Blake sucks, so I don't think he's <laughs> gonna, you know, like really knock him out of this team, at least for the next couple of weeks, you would think. Or I think there's a scenario where even if Longer Blake comes back, Sean Russell goes to the, the wing over Dunster or Simonson if he's back, wherever he's back. But, uh, yeah, don't mind selling Warbrick. I think I wouldn't be selling Khan Pereira if he's still got a low break even, but Warbrick, yeah, I think he's, his time's almost up. Yeah, I think he's it's he's awkward right this week because twenty five break even he could hit that like of his uh, last six four of them were over twenty five so he could hit that still but that doesn't mean his cash is going to rise that much more anyway so I think he's fine to hold for one more week but if you have an option to sell him to someone yeah that's fine like if you really want to go a Crossland like a Phoenix Crossland this week he's a candidate to go from Warbrick to him so um, yeah. Don't mind a sell, but he's fine to hold, I think, at this stage as well. But uh, let's get into some questions because we've got plenty of them and not much time to get through them. So I'll just get your your thoughts on them 
straight out of the bat, uh, so straight out of the gate to to get through them. Uh, question from Joe. Hey, team, do I sell Hopgood for Heinz? Yes. That's something I would definitely be happy for. Excellent. Is Catchman a buy, Fraser asks? Yeah, don't mind it. Worst case scenario, he makes you a little bit of money, had a decent score on the weekend. Uh, yeah, don't mind that. Awesome. Question from Will. If I could only pick one, would you pick McInnes or Tavita Pangai? McInnes, if you could only pick one. Fair. Uh, Carrigan and Tarpany out for Moses and Bird. Well, that's a little bit of a weird... Uh, Very sideways. A weird one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's a little bit sideways, especially Tarpany. Um, I don't think he's a sell. Like, I think he could have sold him last week, potentially, but He's been solid enough in my in my opinion, so I think he's he's a fine hold and can be good for you over the origin period, I think. Yeah, probably hold those two, to be fair. Uh question from Jeff. Uh is having Cleary and Heinz overkill? Definitely not. That's the ideal. Everyone should be doing it as ASAP. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone should have three trades as well this week. So you should be able to make a couple extra trades, well, one extra trade to get a bit of cash going as well. So um, if you can look to get Cleary or Hines in, obviously Cleary bottomed out last week and he's now very much on the up. So if you can get both of them in, if you don't have either of them, then yeah, that's obviously the ideal scenario. Yeah, I think both of them are like break your team almost to get them in territory for me. Um, And I think Cleary, he's kind of the obvious captaincy choice going forward and probably who I'm looking at this week with I think Sharks play the Roosters Panthers play who do they play the Raiders am I making that up I think they play uh, Newcastle this week Newcastle so yeah he could have a massive one this week clearly yeah a uh, question from Cooper Joseph Suwali to Stephen Crichton uh, that's a bit of a weird one I probably wouldn't do that especially with Crichton maybe playing Origin I guess we'll have to see what that team make up is. I guess he probably doesn't with uh, Turbo, Luttrell back into this team, Campbell Graham. But, yeah, probably not what I'm doing. Yeah, I think I'm holding Suwali. The Roosters are just starting to click a little bit. Obviously, last week they weren't that great, but they'll, they'll start to click and he'll be one that benef- benef- uh, benefits from that. So, um, yeah, definitely hold on to Suwali. Uh, is Jaden Campbell a buy? Uh do you remember how long that Bruno, uh, Bruno yeah. was out for? Yeah. I think it was only three, string, three right? or four weeks. Mm. Yeah. So I don't think so. Could make you a little bit of cash over the next couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I think he gets this bench roll back eventually. And uh, then, yeah, he's in a goodbye. Question from Mac. Uh, is Turbo to Walsh a good trade? I'm holding Turbo. Uh, he's probably one we should have highlighted in the holds, but I'm holding him. He he bounces back. So and when he's in form, he's the best player. Uh, oh, I guess Cleary Hines and then Turbo's, I think, in that upper echelon when he's when he's in form and still healthy. I'm backing him to, to bounce back. Yes, makes one score in the teens and everyone's trying to trade him out. He's going to be fine. I wouldn't worry about his scoring potential <laughs> at all. I think everyone's rushing way too quickly to trade him out. That's for sure. So, yeah, definitely hold on to Turbo. 
would you a oh, question from Cameron would you do Hopgood and DCE to Cleary and Walsh uh, or should I hold on to Hopgood uh, no don't mind that to be fair to Walsh yeah I guess if you need more cover in your, in your backs there yeah I think that's fine by me what are your thoughts yeah, it's just, it's still it still reeks of sideways to me. But if you need a captaincy option like Cleary because you're not confident in captaining DCE, then I'd make that trade. Um, because yeah, you you definitely need it. You need Cleary, Hines, or Grant going forward as a captaincy option. Everyone else is just too a little bit too inconsistent to captain. Um, you could go a Murray as well, but yeah, it's it's really hard because you're not you're not sure. Sometimes he gets you know only. 60 minutes, other times he gets the full game. It's it's really hard to predict when he's going to get um, 80 minutes. So, yeah, you definitely want Cleary, Hines, or Grant to captain pretty much every week. Yeah, I think even even Grant, he's a little bit too inconsistent for me. I think, yeah, Cleary and Hines are your two standouts for captaincies moving forward. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, question from Lachlan. What to do with Warbrick and Calm Pereira have to play one? <laughs> I am in the same boat. So looking at matchups, I was just trying to figure this out before. So Garrick's out. So I think Saab is playing on the left for Manly. Not a noted defender. Um, and he's playing on the left for Manly. Warbrick's obviously playing on the right for the Storm. So don't mind that matchup. Um, Warbrick actually had a couple of solid games when Pezzett was there in the half. He doesn't mind throwing the ball um, a little bit. So... I think Warbrick slightly gets over the line uh, versus Tom Pereira and the, the matchup this week against the Broncos, which is pretty tough. So I'm leaning Warbrick out of the two of them. Yeah, I think I based on the matchup, because Manly, you know, have Vega and Saab as their wingers this week. So I think it's fine to have Warbrick. He's got a pretty good matchup either way. Even if they switch him around, he, he'll be okay this week. Um, hopefully to make that break even, but yeah. Um, Calm Prayer is going to be a hold anyway. Just chuck him in your emergencies, like you said. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think I misspoke. So, sorry. Yeah, Vega, he'll be the the left, I'd assume. Actually, not um, not sub, but I think that's Either probably way. even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Doesn't really matter. So, yeah. Righto. That uh, does it pretty much for the questions. Thanks again, Josh. Uh, great to talk Good to you again. Right. Great to talk all things fantasy, and we'll catch up again next week. Sounds good. Yeah, good luck, everyone. Um, Yeah, take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Footy Brains podcast. Please follow us at Footy Brains Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to further support us in what we do, you can do so through Patreon. All links are in our socials bio or through the link tree in the episode description. Good luck, and we'll see you next week.